All right, good morning, gathering. Good morning, everybody. I love to hear the conversations. I love to see you greeting and welcoming each other and checking in on each other. This is what the church is for, and it just brings me joy to see it happen today. My name is Jenny. I'm one of the pastors here. Welcome to the gathering. If you are joining us online, also welcome. I'm so blessed to know that you chose to worship with us this next hour. Uh, I do ask you, though, to let us know that you are worshiping with us. If you are in the sanctuary, we have attendance pads that are on the pews. Will you please fill them in and just pass along to the person that sits next to you? Uh, and if you are worshiping with us online, please use the tools on your platform, whether it's a registration form on our website, uh, whether it is uh, um, comments in uh, social media platforms. If you are worshiping through our new app, then you don't actually need to do anything. The app does the work for you. So, uh, but we do want to know that you are here with us. I have a few announcements. For Easter Sunday, if you would like to uh, honor the memory of your loved one, you can purchase an Easter lily for them uh, through our website. So look for the Easter lilies on our website. You can purchase them to honor somebody in your family who passed away, and those lilies will be up here on Easter Sunday, adding even more meaning to what it means like to celebrate Easter with the entire company of people, those who are here and also those who have passed on to uh, life eternal. Uh, our Holy Week schedule um, is uh, um, basically similar to what we do every year. Uh, on uh, Monday, Thursday at 5.30, we are going to start with a potluck. We're going to share a meal together, just, uh, um, just what uh, Monday, Thursday was the first time when Jesus Christ had a meal with his disciples. We will share a meal together. We will be in Wesley Hall. There will be some program and um, and things that we will be doing through that evening that will add even more meaning to it. And then we will come together to the sanctuary and we will have the service of communion here. On Good Friday, uh, the worship service starts at 7 o'clock. We will be here in, in the sanctuary, also online. Uh, if you would like to participate in Good Friday family service uh, with your kids, uh, they will start at 5.30 in Wesley Hall. Uh, now... Uh, we have the next uh, Pastries with the Pastors scheduled for April 16th at 9.30. Pastries with the Pastors is our opportunity to meet people who probably have been around for a while. You probably have come and worshipped with us, and you feel like this is your church. This is your church. This is where you feel like this is where I belong right now. You want to join. You want to become a member. You have some questions to us about the ministries, about uh, the way we do discipleship in the church. You may have some questions in general about United Methodist Church, you want to meet some of the pastors, this is your opportunity. Uh, please register for Pastries with the Pastors. You can do it just by stopping after the worship service here at the on-ramp with our volunteers telling them, hey, I want to come to that Pastries with the Pastors. I want to know more about the church. Or maybe you are ready to join. Uh, we will have a joining ceremony right after. So that is April 16th at 9.30. And now, will you please stand up and join me in the call to worship? Are you awake? Are you alert? Christ is coming into our lives in a new way. Are you watching the signs? Are you interpreting what is happening today? 
Christ is coming into our lives in a new way. Do you see opportunities for ministry? Do you see the poor, the homeless, the hungry, the needy? Christ is coming into our lives in a new way. Come, let us worship and let us work in the reign of God. Christ has extended the invitation. Let us work together in the reign of God on earth. Amen. Well, good morning, gathering friends. Everybody doing okay? Yeah, welcome if you are tuning in online. We're so glad you're joining us. Or if you're here in the sanctuary on West 5th Street, glad you're here with us at the gathering. My name's Clint Church, along with the gathering band. This is a, the four-person gathering band um, for spring break. You know, this is Lance, uh, Allison, and Colton. And then I'm Clint, so we don't always introduce everybody, but I will next time as well. So um, anyway, so glad that you're here. You can see I'm pretty scatterbrained sometimes. So let's get to worship. This song is called Child of Love.
I'm gonna climb a mountain I'm gonna shout about it I am a child of love I found a world of freedom I found the freedom Jesus I am a child of love I'm gonna climb a mountain I'm gonna shout about it I am a child of love I found a world of freedom song. Uh, it's been a while since we've sang this song. It's called Revival, and I want to read you the chorus. It says, you called my name, you made all things new. Oh, I was dead, but look at me now. I found revival in you. That's why we gather here to worship today, to worship God, the one who does revive us. When we're feeling like we're dead, when we're feeling like we have no place, we can reach out to God, and God provides that revival to us. Let's sing this song as we sing together. Lift up our voices. Your strength it found me at my weakest. Your grace poured out in my despair. When I feel lifeless, tired, burned out, and defeated, your perfect love will find me there. You called my name, you made all things new. Oh, I was dead, look at me now, I found revival in you. You gave me life, cause that's what you do. Oh, I was dead, look at me now, I found revival in you. While dreams are breathing to existence My broken heart began to be There's no more fear and doubt My bitter disappointment Became my greatest victory Oh, you called my name You made all Oh, I was dead. Look at me now. I found revival in you. You gave me life, cause that's what you do. Oh, I was dead. Look at me now. I found revival in you. It's only because of you. Only because. 
tell me now I found revival in you You gave me life Cause that's what you do Oh, I was dead Look at me now I found revival in you Oh, I was dead Look at me now I found revival in you Please be seated. Gosh, what a great musical start to the day. Friends, I'm Mike Marshall, one of your pastors, and this part of worship is called Prayers of the People. It's kind of our spiritual back rub for the next few moments because it's a reminder for us that we are always in communication with God and a reminder that God always listens to our prayers and to the songs of our heart. And so this is an opportunity for us to do that collectively. Now there's a series of places during this prayer where I'll say the phrase, Lord in your mercy, and then our response together is, hear our prayers. There also is a spot where I'll begin to list the names of those who have been sick and even the names of those who have passed from this life to the life to come. And then there's a moment where I'll say, are there others? It's a chance for you to say the name of someone or something that's important to you, knowing that you're doing it with other people. So with all that in mind, let us pray. Oh God, we give you thanks for this new day, and it really is true. We are children of God. We are children of yours. We are children of love. And for that, we say thank you. We confess to you, O oh God, and to one another that sometimes we're just too obsessed with ourselves. Sometimes we just can't get beyond our own lives. And so we thank you for all the ways that you help us move beyond simply looking at us and looking in the eyes and at the lives of others. Because when we do that, we know that we will have a fulfillment that goes beyond anything we can imagine. Father God, you are the creator of all things and you call them good. Your creation testifies about your power, grace, and love. You offer us new lives, new hopes, and new opportunities. For all these things, we give you thanks. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Everything that you create, you make free. But over and over again, our freedom is used for the purposes of sin and separation from you. And yet, at our worst, you did not abandon us. You came alongside us as Jesus the Christ to redeem us, reconcile us, and restore us to relationship with you forever. For this salvation, we give you thanks, O God. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. 
always and everywhere, we are never alone. Through your Holy Spirit, you guide us, inspire us, and shine a light before our feet so that we may learn to walk in your ways. For this constant presence, we give you thanks, O God. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Fulfill and Len and Dorothy and Jim and all of our children and grandchildren. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. For the lives and the legacies of Patsy, Jim, Victoria, Celia, and Tommy Sue. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Are there others? Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. For all who seek to change their hearts and find peace in you, guide us, keep us, and make us into your people. And Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Amen. I want to invite our ushers to begin to come forward. This is the time of our morning offering where we share a portion of what God has blessed us in. And what I want to tell you real quickly is that uh, when I came into the building this morning, I talked to one of our volunteers who is at the 7 o'clock Friends Breakfast. It happens in Wesley Hall. Uh, today there were 17 people who are experiencing homelessness who came and had breakfast together and had words of encouragement. And what Sandy told me was that she had a chance to watch one of our guests talk with Pastor Brenda Brooks Alexander. And just the intimacy of that brought tears to the eyes of so many people. That's what's happening through God's presence and our commitment to outreach. And your gifts enable that to happen at the Friends Breakfast and so many other examples. So I thank you for that and let me offer this prayer. Oh God, we join together to offer our gifts, knowing that you are, we are never alone and that you always bless these gifts beyond imagination. And we offer them in Jesus' name, amen.
My name is Danica Knight. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. I will be reading from the new Revised Standard Version, updated edition, and invite you to read along in your own Bible or in one of the pew Bibles in front of you. It's on page 28 in the New Testament of the pew Bible. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten young women took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a shout, look, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those young women got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, no, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other young women came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. 
But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. God speaks to us through the reading of scripture. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Danica, for reading with us today. And I just want to thank you, I want to extend that welcome to you, that I am uh, honored to be here with you today. And uh, if you don't know me, my name is Reverend Phyllis Barron, and I'm one of the pastors here. And it's going to be a wonderful time for us to spend some time in Scripture. But I want to thank the band. There they are over there. The songs they picked today were absolutely perfect. It goes along with the Scripture. It goes well with everything that we're going to be talking about today. Now, if you have your Bible open, what I want you to do is I want you to flip back one chapter. I want you to go back to Matthew chapter 24. Because if you don't know the setting and know where we are, it really doesn't make sense with this parable because there's just one little parable we're gonna be talking about. So if you go back into Matthew, I want you to look at what's taking place here. Jesus has taken his disciples and they're on the Mount of Olives. And they're sitting there because it's a place that Jesus has been many, many times before. He has prayed there. He has taken his disciples to teach them there. He has good friends, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, that he has gone. They walk that path all the time. So he's surrounded by what is comforting to him, what is familiar. So there's times in our lives where we go back and find those comforting places. But Jesus is sitting there, and he can see Jerusalem. So he's sitting up here and he's looking at Jerusalem. And just a few days before, we call it Palm Sunday. Uh-oh, there it comes back. It's not Palm Sunday for them, but it's that joyful entry of Jesus coming into Jerusalem. And everybody's excited about what's happening. And we're celebrating, we're waving branches, and we're doing all of those things. But now Jesus is sitting there with all the emotions, knowing he's about to go to the cross. He's only a couple of days away from going to the cross. So he's going there to find that place that he needs, a place where he can surround himself with his disciples. Now, our disciples are confused, and I really can't blame them. Everything they know is going to change for them. Everything. The way they worship, the way they did, everything. And Jesus has already been trying to prepare them to show them that we're going to, I'm not going to be with you much longer. And then in Matthew chapter 16 and 17 and 20, you also hear Jesus telling about his crucifixion and his resurrection. So with all of that at the background, I want you to think this is where this story takes place. All of those emotions and feelings sitting on the Mount of Olives. He's sitting there. And the first verse that we have in chapter 24 that Jesus says is the temple is going to be destroyed. No stones was going to be left. And the disciples asked, tell us, when will these things happen? What are the signs of coming to the end of the age? Now his disciples really didn't know how to offer the comfort that really maybe Jesus needed at that time with everything going on because they were worried about the temple. Jesus just told them the temple's going to be destroyed. That would be us sitting here, and I said, the sanctuary's not going to be here next Sunday. 
but we have faith that we've learned that God doesn't live in this building. But the Jewish people at the time lots of times thought that God was in that temple. So if that's going to be destroyed, their whole way of doing ministry was going to be different. Everything was going to be different. And so we sit here with these disciples trying to understand, what can I do? What is Jesus asking me to do? Am I prepared to go be the teachers and the leaders of the church? Were the disciples ready to take that on? That's where we are. So now I'm going to go to our parable of today. And the first verse that it says is, the kingdom of heaven will be like this. And what this is, is 10 young bridesmaids, and they're going to have their lamps, and they're going to go meet the bridegroom. Five were wise, five were foolish. Let's talk about that scripture just a minute. Bridesmaids. When I think of bridesmaids, I think of movies. I think of bridesmaids coming down that are all dressed up and pretty. But when you take the Greek word of bridesmaid and put it in English, it means virgin. So think of someone very young, someone inexperienced, someone that doesn't really know very much. A bridesmaid probably maybe was 12 years old or younger. So a very young girl at this point. Now, Think about wise and foolish. Have you ever thought of, looked in scripture where it says you're wise and you're foolish? You know that scripture's been said over a hundred times in the Bible when you look it up. How many of you know the song, I build my house, the wise man built his house upon the rock? Because there's something about being wise. I want to read to you Proverbs verse one, verse seven. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So we forget, if you're a fool, you're the one that doesn't want wisdom. You're the one that turns away. You're the one that's not connecting with God. So then if you're the wise man, you're the one that has spent time with God. When you're the wise man, you respect God, but it's not just respect. It's an awe, it's a wonder, it's something very deep that you're building a relationship with God, that you actually fall in love with God because you have that deep knowledge and understanding of that. Now, as we keep going on, think about in terms of discipleship, that you're very young in your discipleship. Maybe you're just a child. Maybe you just became a follower of Christ. So you're young in your journey, you're young in your path. Maybe sometimes we're wise and maybe sometimes we're foolish. That's what this scripture is saying. And then they ask us to fill our lamps with oil. Now the lamps with oil, when I thought about the lamps with oil, I see that in so many places in scripture. Let your light shine before men, let your oils be filled, let it overflow, let all those things happen. But what is the scripture really saying about? Again, I guess I just went back to my childhood a lot. I thought of the song of uh, give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning, burning, burning. Does anyone know that song or was it just me that learned it when I was a I see just a few smiles. So I guess y'all don't know that song. 
But for me, it was real important. We used to sing it all the time when I was a kid. Then it kept saying, make me fishers of men. Keep me seeking, seeking, seeking. That was the second verse. Then it says, keep me praising God. Then it says, keep me serving. So I'm going to serve all the time. Then I'm going to pray for God's guidance. Well, I don't know about you, but when I look at that scripture and then look at today's lesson and look at that song, that's our discipleship. That's exactly what it's saying. So when we say follow healthy plate discipleship, we say that we are to learn, spend time in scripture. We are to pray, get into a prayer ministry, get in praying for yourself daily, praying for others, doing those things. It says that we're supposed to serve. I know Brenda would be very happy if you all signed up to be greeters and ushers and serve our church, but then also to go and serve out into the world, go on mission trips. I talked to someone today about neighbor to neighbor, that they're helping one of our elderly congregation members. And then it also talks about us coming and praising God, worshiping. Because when we're in worship together, that's when we really feel the deep connection with God. And it's not last or least, but we give. We give because we want to give so that we can serve other people. So when you do all of that, you're working on your faith. Now, it sounds pretty harsh that these girls had this oil and had some reserve, didn't they? They had a lot of extra oil, but they said no. Think about if you are running a marathon. You have a training buddy with you, right? And it helps encourage you and helps you get going and helps you do all things. But what if it's time for the marathon and the whole time you were out with your training buddy, you rode in your car beside the person that was running? How prepared are you going to be for that marathon? You're not going to be real prepared, are you? Because I can't give you my faith. I can't let you have my faith. My faith is something that I've worked on. It's something that I have gone in deep to really go and struggle with. My faith is something that I have to develop. So these bridesmaids that were saying that they wanted some, you can't borrow it. You can't borrow someone's faith. It's something that we do together. Now, look at the very last line in the parable. It says, the young bridesmaid said to the Lord, 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 open to us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Let's sit in for a second. I don't know the day or the hour, but the door is going to be closed. The God that I know, the God that you know, the God that we just sang about would never close the door on us. That God is going to be there with us every 
step of the way. And I think what this scripture is doing is making us really dig deep into our scripture and go back to see what it means in contents with discipleship. We can't take a verse and pull it out and interpret it. When we do that, we get into trouble. We get into a lot of trouble when we take one verse here or there and make that become what it all means. But what if the door is closed because I'm the one that closed the door? I'm the one that's not ready for God. I haven't invited God into my life. I'm the one that's sitting there struggling and knowing. So, you know, as a person that's been United Methodist her entire life, when I read that, I have to go back to how we read Scripture. We read Scripture, and that's our primary, but we hold it with tradition and reason and experience. And my experience is that God never, ever leaves you alone. I might feel alone. I might be struggling, but God is there. God is always there. That's the good news, that God is there in the midst of our most terrible pain. When we are at our deepest, loneliest times, when we are literally on our knees crying and we think that God doesn't hear us, God does hear us. I have had the privilege of being a pastor now, I almost hate to say it, 30 years. I'm getting very old. I'm also a licensed professional counselor. So with those two hats that I wear, I have been with people many times in their darkest, hardest hours. Only three times in my professional life have I been with a family when their child was born and passed away at birth. Those three times, there's this one human condition that we all say, where is God in the midst of this? I can't even count how many times I have held someone's hand when they have lost a loved one, when someone has passed from this life to the next life, or people that have come to my office and their marriage is exploding on them and they don't know what to do and they're in their deepest, darkest hour because none of us know when tragedy is going to hit us. We do not know the hour. We do not know the day. We don't know the time. But unfortunately, if we're human and we love, it will come. And that's when we go back and lead into our faith. That's when we go back and we remember all that discipleship that I was talking about, that you need to pray, you need to worship God, you need to serve, you need to study the scriptures and read them. 
because that's what gets you from this point to that point. And little by little by little, we can move forward. I was teaching Wednesday my uh, Bible study class, and we're studying the seven last words of Christ. And the verse that we spent a whole day on was, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's Jesus on the cross saying that. Susan Robb is the author of this book. And one thing she said that really touched my heart, she said, Jesus, just maybe when he was on that cross, he said those words, not because he didn't believe God wasn't with him. He said them because he was crying out in his humanness. He was crying out in his pain, in anguish that he was suffering to show us that God is always with us. And if you know the scriptures, he was a very faithful Jewish man. And the scripture that he was quoting is Psalms 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But as you keep reading that Psalm and you get to the end, it starts talking about God being with them, that God's walking with them. And this was the Israelites. So many times we've looked at our human condition over and over and over again, that we have the same pattern God has been telling us from the very beginning, when we mess up, when we feel alone, when we don't see you, he's there. God's there with us in that deepest, darkest hour. I wish sometimes that we could avoid pain. I wish we could avoid all of the suffering. I think even Jesus felt that way. He showed us that he can hurt. He was abandoned by his disciples. His closest friends weren't there. So for us, who was there for Jesus on that cross? He reached out to God. He reached out and yelled at God. And I think that's perfectly okay because you can yell all you want to at God. God has really big shoulders and can handle it. Do you know, I can't give you faith, but I can walk alongside you. I can be there with you as your pastor. And so can every other person sitting in this sanctuary. That's who we need. We need each other. If we don't have each other, what do we have? That community of faith is so important for us to have, to come together with our cries, with our hurts, with all of that. Our God says, I'm here. I'm waiting for you. So for this week, I hope that you take the time to pray, get your Bible out, come to worship, Play with your friends and spend time with them. Get yourself involved in a study group or a Bible study or something where you put yourself in that so you become even stronger in your faith because we all need that strength 
when the bad times come. But never forget, never ever forget your God is with you. Let us pray. Our most gracious and loving God, I thank you. I thank you that you're here. I can feel your presence in this holy sanctuary. I know there's brokenness in lots of people's lives. I know that we hurt and we're about to go through this Lenten season and we remember how much you hurt, how much you did for us. But in all of that, you showed us the way. You gave us tools so that we can move forward. And I want to thank you for that. And I want to thank you for my friends and this congregation and for all of those that are supporting and uplifting and holding me. I give you thanks. So be with us now as we pray your prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thy is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Phyllis, for walking us through this very difficult scripture today. And now I want to invite communion service to come forward. And this is our way to celebrate our faith together. And this is our way also to come into that holy moment when we experience God's closeness to us because God is as near to us as our own breath. On the night when Jesus Christ gave himself up for us, he was at the table with his disciples. He took the bread that was at the table, he blessed it, he broke it, he shared it with his disciples, and he said, this is my body broken for you. Eat of it in remembrance of me. In the end of the dinner, he also took the cup. He gave thanks to God for it, he blessed it, and he said, this cup is the blood of the new covenant shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink of it each time you get together in remembrance of me. And so we do so every single time when we are here at the gathering. We have a communion stations right here up front. The ushers will be guiding you forward, starting from the back. If you're in your seat and you are not able to walk forward, just raise your hand and one of our volunteers will come and serve you where you are. Are. Also in the balcony, the ushers will guide you to the station right there. Each uh, communion uh, station has gluten-free option for those who prefer to do so. We serve communion with non-alcoholic grape juice so that nobody has to choose between sobriety and participating in communion. As you take the communion and you go back to your seats, on the sides over here we have trash cans. Please dispose of your cup there. Now. Come forward and be fed.
My mic's on. There it is. I was waiting for the invitation. I thought you did it. Sorry, I do it. Okay, different service. Everything's different. Anyway, to become a member of this church, we have what we call our on-ramp over here. See, they get up on cue. Isn't that great? They get up and they tell us that if you need to find your way, if you need to learn more about this church, find something that is in you so you can be part of all those things we're talking about. Develop your discipleship. That's what that's all about, to find in your place. And then over here, we have congregational care ministers, and Dr. Mike Marshall's going to be there today. If you need someone to pray with you, if you have something on your heart, you need someone to pray, go, and Mike will be there. So, would you stand for the benediction? I guess. I have my notebook, but I didn't read it. That's pretty bad, isn't it? So, take this benediction with you. May God always be with you, in front of you, behind you, leading you the way. Just know that your God is always with you. Amen. Give me oil for my lamp. Keep me burning, burning, burning. Give me oil for my lamp, I pray. Give me oil for my lamp, keep me burning, 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 keep me burning till the break of day. Sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King of Kings. Sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King of Kings. Give me oil for my land, keep me serving, serving, serving. Give me oil for my land, I pray. Give me oil for my land, keep me serving, serving, serving. Keep me serving till the break of day. Sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King of Kings. Sing Hosanna. Sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King of Kings.